Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Wednesday, June 23rd. Today on the show, the Vanderbilt Commodores have a huge elimination game. College baseball fans are acting sort of stupid about their coaches. We've got some golden nuggets, of course, from Nashville SC, who's back on the pitch tonight. But we begin with the University of Tennessee baseball team going 2-0 in Omaha. The Full 40 is brought to you every single morning by the Kingston Group, Nashville's locally owned custom home remodeling firm. An award-winning firm, I might add. And of course, check out the website, buildkg.com. You can see all of their great work there. They are incredibly detail-oriented and careful to make sure that everything that you guys talk about and plan on the front end is exactly what they deliver on the back end. They have an in-house design team. They make sure they're taking your entire project from beginning to end, holding your hand, making sure your home comes to life exactly how you want it. BuildKG.com is the website. And remember the name, the Kingston Group. Again, BuildKG.com. The Tennessee Volunteers went 2-Q in Omaha, a unique distinction given to the worst two teams in the College World Series. Tennessee went 0-2 after losing 8-4 to Texas in an elimination game on Tuesday afternoon. On the other side of the bracket, of course, the Arizona Wildcats are the other team to go 2-Q. That's barbecued, if you don't know what Q means in college baseball lingo. And a couple of different things are of note for Tennessee fans. Number one... We knew this team had to have good pitching performances, good pitching depth, and Blade Tidwell, the freshman who's got all kinds of great stuff, simply didn't have the command in Tuesday's loss. Sean Hunley, the closer, wasn't all that great against Virginia, came in and wasn't all that great against Texas. You have to have big-time pitching performances from your best players in Omaha to expect to win. Hell, Vanderbilt got one of the best outings of the season from Jack Leiter, and they still lost because their offense was atrocious, which brings us to point number two about the Tennessee Volunteers' performance in Omaha. The bats. The offense was the strength of this team the entire season. And whether it was in game one against Virginia or against Texas, I know they scored four runs, but the bats simply did not come up big. They were absolutely silent in every critical moment against Virginia, and much of the same took place against Texas. Totally scoreless and irrelevant over the final five frames of the game, had bases loaded with opportunities to score on multiple occasions, and ended up in ground-out double plays. Just simply were not able to deliver the clutch hit when they needed to. It looked like they were pressing. It looked like the stage was too big for them. That is partly the coach's job to get them settled in, so I absolutely hang this 0-2 performance on the coaching staff and Tony Vitello. Now, now that I've ruined everyone's day and made everybody feel like Tennessee fans again, let's turn this around and look at the season holistically. Absolutely, it was a garbage showing in the College World Series. It was terrible. The offense completely wet the bed. The pitching staff outside of Chad Dallas wasn't overly impressive. They didn't do a whole lot of things well in two games, and it sent them home immediately. But it still was a trip to Omaha. It still was major progress for this program. Tony Vitello is still one of the hottest commodities in the coaching circuit right now today. They have to fend off LSU to keep their baseball coach right now. So it's important that while dealing with the pain and suffering of going 0-2 in Omaha and being sent home early, to still acknowledge how magical the season truly was. The grand slams, the walk-offs, the the number one and two teams coming to Knoxville and, and Tennessee playing valiantly getting to the College World Series for the first time in 15 years. All of this stuff is still worth celebrating, even in a moment where you're pissed off about how the team played in Omaha. 
It's a sign of progress. It's a sign of growth. And once the pain subsides and the dust settles and the national championship is over and we get back to playing baseball next year, everyone will remember the good of this season and remember how much fun it can be to be a Tennessee fan in May and June and not have to be talking about the football team. I know it's hard to do in the immediate aftermath of an 0-2 performance, but it is still a huge, giant step forward for this program. Something very unique happens on social media, and this is again where I should take my own advice and realize that Twitter's not real life. But something happens with fan bases when it comes to coaching staff openings and vacancies. Everyone thinks that their job is way better than it really is, and everyone thinks that their guy would never leave. Here's the thing about the LSU job opening. It is going to create drama in the college baseball world across all levels. It does not matter how good your program is. This is Alabama. This is Ohio State. This is Texas coming open in football. This is Duke or North Carolina or Kentucky coming open in basketball. This is the Dallas Cowboys of the college baseball world. So when the LSU coaching job is available, I don't care if your name is Tim Corbin or Tony Vitello. Pat Casey is a candidate at Oregon State, a guy who's won multiple national championships. All of these guys would be interested in the LSU job should LSU come knocking. And they're taking their time. So if I'm Tim Corbin, I absolutely think about it. Hell, I might even take the phone call in the middle of the elimination game tonight if LSU calls. That's how important and how big the LSU job really is. If I'm Brian O'Connor, who's won a national championship at Virginia and just beat Tennessee, he absolutely would consider LSU. You would be a fool not to consider LSU. So Tennessee fans, spare me this garbage about how Tony Vitello would never be interested in LSU. It is the premier job in college baseball. It's the best program in America. So you're going to have to commit to him and keep him in Knoxville. Or else LSU absolutely could steal him away. Vanderbilt, I know you think Tim Corbett is a Nashville lifer. It doesn't mean that LSU is not maybe a little bit appealing to him. I don't think he would leave, but it doesn't mean it's not something he should consider. If I am a head baseball coach in college baseball, I am absolutely considering LSU. I take the meeting, I take the call, I listen to the terms. Maybe I don't take the job. Maybe I like where I am. But you fans out there who think it's not possible that your guy could be interested in LSU, that's stupid. Because you know what? LSU is the best possible job in college baseball, period. And until it's filled, your guy is a candidate. Speaking of the Vanderbilt Commodores, they, of course, will face elimination 6 p.m. Central Time against the Stanford Cardinal on Wednesday evening on ESPN. It is a huge moment for Tim Corbin and company. Stanford loves to hit home runs. They absolutely blasted Arizona in the elimination game. And the Derek Mason Bowl has drama written all over it because just like Tennessee's problems on offense, Vanderbilt has struggled to score runs in Omaha as well. They just got shut out by NC State, the first shutout of the entire season. Here is where Tim Corbin's experience and the depth of talent on the Vanderbilt roster has to win the day. Tim Corbin has all the experience in the world. Stanford does not. Tim Corbin has one of the best and deepest rotations in all of college baseball from a talent perspective. Those freshmen at the top of the order, those guys that have gone quiet in the last third of the season, they've got to show up. And the motivation and the coaching from Tim Corbin has to be the difference. He is the two-time national champion. They are the defending champs, and this is the best program in America right now. Tim Corbin's experience and Vanderbilt's talent has to show up on Wednesday night. Otherwise, they're going to be back home in Tennessee just like the Volunteers. It is Wednesday morning on the 440, and that means it's time, that's right, for Golden Nuggets. 
The guys over at Club and Country, a podcast you should be listening to about Nashville SC soccer, featuring Wes Bowling and Tim Sullivan, out every single Tuesday. Absolutely loaded with good information about Nashville SC, great guests, mailbag, the whole deal. But every single week, we ask them to provide us with one nugget, one piece of information that makes you a smarter soccer fan in Nashville. So this week's golden nugget from the guys is all about home and road splits. Just how good is Nashville at home relative to the rest of the league? The hypothesis that we want to test today is that Nashville is a more assertive, more successful team at home than on the road. The records would certainly indicate that. Nashville 7, 1, and 8. So that's results in 15 of 16 at home since returning from the pandemic last year. That's 1.8 points per match. On the road, 5, 6, and 5. Just 1.25 points per contest. Crunch the numbers real quick while you're reading that stat. And home teams score an average of 1.46 goals per game this season. Away teams, 0.98 goals per game. So the average home team is is winning by almost half of a goal. Um, in the expected goals department, it's 1.6 for home teams to 1.24 for away teams. So not only do home teams generate more, but they're actually converting at a slightly better clip. So it is expected that that happens. But when you have a team like Nashville that's up right up near the top of of the expected goals table they're the only team that has a the significant amount of home field advantage in xg terms that uh, any of these top teams too uh, I have them as the number five team in adjusted expected goals in the league that was Wes Bowling and Tim Sullivan with your golden nugget of the week of course really interesting stuff from those guys each and every week on the club and country podcast out every single Tuesday right here on the 440 sports network but particularly they do a great job of breaking things down, giving you something good and smart and digestible. And those home and road numbers, both for Nashville SC and for the league, really interesting stuff if you're a sports fan and want to be a smarter soccer fan. Make sure you check out the podcast, Club and Country. This, of course, is also a good time to remind you that Nashville SC has a two-game week this week. Wednesday evening, that's tonight, at 7.30 p.m., they will take on Toronto at home at Nissan Stadium. Nashville is currently in 10th place, and Toronto is currently in 12th. Pretty big three points tonight if those home road splits are going to hold up. Of course, the 440 brought to you by the Kingston Group, our great and wonderful friends over at BuildKG.com. Nashville's award-winning, locally-owned custom home and remodeling firm. They've been doing this work in this city for over a decade, and there's a reason they're growing their family to hire new project managers because they continue to evolve their business to make sure they're giving you, the client, the best possible experience and product that they can. BuildKG.com, check out their work. You'll see all of the great stuff that they do all over homes, all over the city. So make sure you check it out, BuildKG.com. And remember the name, The Kingston Group. Thank you guys all for listening, of course. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter, at Braden Gall, at 440sports on Twitter and Facebook, at 440media on Instagram as well. Have a great evening, everybody. Thank you all for listening. This has been the 440 for Wednesday, June 23rd. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.